In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It was the weekend. Weekends mean fun. Weekends mean relaxing. Weekends mean time to do what I want to do. Weekends mean movie watching. Weekends mean sleeping in. Weekends are what make the week go by. That's what I thought when I was a teenager. And it was Sunday night. It had been a long week. It was time for relaxing and eating dinner at my grandmother's house and watching a nice movie. Chillaxing, as the kids say. My dad came to me and said, right before going to my grandmother to eat dinner, said, Dad, that's what Arabs call their kids, they say dad. He said, Dad, I might have messed up. I just double-checked the schedule for when we play out at nursing homes, and I forgot that we're back-to-back -back this weekend, so we have to play out at the nursing home tonight. Sorry, Dad, sorry. My heart dropped. Tonight, Dad? Really? How did you not see this coming? You never warned me about this. This is my time to relax. My time to relax before I have to go back to school and school is coming. We had the night already lined up. We were going to grandmother's. We we're going to have dinner and relax. This is my Sunday night. I worked hard in school the whole week. I'm about to go back. I was banking on my Sunday night being free. I did not want to go to that nursing home at that moment, and I did not want to be near my dad, my annoying dad. I wanted to keep my distance. I wanted to keep my distance from the suffering going on at the nursing home, and I wanted to keep a distance from my dad. And as we know in the parable of the Last Judgment, in wanting to keep our distance, and wanting to keep my distance from those at the nursing home and my dad, I was, in reality, distancing myself from Christ, who says that when you visit the sick, the suffering, and those in prison, you visit him. Brothers and sisters, we often stand at a distance. Stand at a distance from Christ and from each other. When we do this, we think to ourselves, I can't admit that I'm wrong to my spouse. They'll win. They'll always think they're right. I can't forgive my sibling who tattles on me to my mom all the time. They're just going to do it again and again. I can't speak to my friend who just embarrassed me in front of everyone. I can't speak to my parents. They don't know what's going on in my life. And they think they know everything, and they're wrong. <laughs> I'm really starting to hate this coworker. He or she is impossible to work with and might need professional help. <laughs> I can't pray today. It's been a bad day, and I don't think God would listen to sinful me. We are constantly finding ourselves in these situations, these frustrating real-life situations. If you haven't, please raise your hand, and you'll be our retreat speaker for our next retreat. <laughs> these situations can really weigh on us. They can distract us from our daily routines and throw off our whole day. It's not natural to ignore someone in the morning. It's not natural to not say hello to someone as they wake up, or to not say, have a good day. It's awkward. It's not real life. 
Distancing ourselves from people and distancing ourselves from God is awkward and it's hard. It's not easy, especially when you see and interact with these people every day. It makes life hard. When we distance ourselves from each other and when we distance ourselves from Christ, we start to act weird. We start to act spiritually sick. We start dreading prayer. We start feeling guilty. We start thinking we are big sinners and not good enough for God's mercy. We might start questioning our orthodox lifestyle. We might start getting mad at Christ. Why did you put me in this situation? We might even start to distance ourselves from our other close friends and others who are close to us. But today's gospel reminds us that Christ comes to destroy distance. He comes to the lepers who are standing at a distance, it says in today's gospel, who are shunned from the community, considered sickly, who are considered at odds with God, and he heals them. They cry out to God, Lord, have mercy. They cry out to Christ, who detests distance. The lepers don't drown in their own despair. They don't look to die in their distance. They are our example for what to do when we are at a distance from Christ and from each other. They are an example of what we do when we start to feel spiritually sick because of our distance, when we start dreading prayer, when we start feeling guilty, and when we start to isolate ourselves. The first thing we do is turn to Christ. If we look to the icon of Christ, we do not see someone who desires to make our life hard for no reason. We don't see someone who wants us to suffer guilt. We don't see someone who wants to keep us at a distance. We see Christ. He is the one that suffers to heal our distance, to bring us back to salvation. He is the God of the sick. He is the God of the suffering, the God of the people who are at a distance. I desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that he should return and live. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons that need no repentance. He is the God that comes to heal. And for a people who are often so sick, which is us, what better God can we ask for than for one that comes to heal? One that identifies himself with healing. We turn to Christ because Christ ultimately wants to draw us near to make us one with him, to make us like himself, to make us citizens of heaven. He is the anointed one. Christ literally means the anointed one. And he is the one who has anointed us as heirs of the kingdom. He has anointed us with his mercy and love. And he continues to do that. And this might sound a little confusing and theologically intense, but every service we cry out, like the lepers, Lord, have mercy. And in Greek, mercy is eleison, which has the same root as the word for oil. His mercy is like oil. He anoints us with his mercy. And if we know anything about the ancient world and oil in the ancient world, 
It's one of the most important things to have. It was used for healing. It was poured into wounds. It was used for preservation and purification of the face and of the hair. It was used in food, so it was used for sustenance. It was used for fragrance. It was used for light to keep lamps burning. It was used to show the Israelites that they were God's chosen people. It was also used for babes. They would bathe in it to keep them calm. Christ's mercy is like oil. It purifies us. It refreshes us. It heals us. It preserves us. It sustains us. It brings us back to the light, restores us as God's chosen people, as God's own, and it calms us like children, like God's children that we are. His mercy is like oil, and it is poured out on us when we turn to him, when we are feeling at distance. We remember all this when we feel at a distance. Not only do we remember this, we proclaim this. We repeat it constantly. One of the most repeated phrases in all of our services is, Lord, have mercy. Not because God's deaf, not because he didn't hear the other 300 Lord have mercies that we just said. We say it because we need to be reminded of it. Because mercy is oil. And mercy is God's love, and it is to be poured out on us. The sickly people that we are, the people that are at a distance. So we cry out, Lord, have mercy. We cry out to Christ, who is literally dying to close our distance dying for our closeness, and we turn to him and we cry, Lord, have mercy. Heal us, restore us, preserve us, sustain us, bring us back to the light, and wash us anew. All this we cry out when we say, Lord, have mercy. And when we feel at a distance from our family, from our friends, we cry out, Lord, have mercy, and we also pray for each other, Lord, have mercy on him or her, we bring God into the equation and we turn to him to close the distance. We voice what's going on in our head. We voice what we're feeling with God and with each other. We get it out. We don't let it fester. We stop the isolation and we close the distance because distance is spiritual sickness and our spiritual health is a matter of life and death. Christ desires that we have life and everlasting spiritual health in the kingdom. He desires our salvation, and there is no distance that he will not cross. The only thing keeping distance between us and God is our own ego and our pride. Not death, not even leprosy, certainly not family fights or coworker fights or times of laziness or even not wanting to go to the nursing home or any other sins we might commit can keep us from Christ as we turn to him like the lepers, approaching in faith, crying, Lord, have mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.